Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. We are the Driveway Athletes. I am Jack, joined tonight by Ed. We're here to talk fantasy football running backs. Yes, uh, I think a much more exciting position than the tight ends we got into yesterday. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) at least I think so. Yeah, I I would imagine that it's a better listen as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So. It's probably the most important position in fantasy, even though maybe in points per reception, like full point per reception, wide receiver gains some ground. There's just so few, like, workhorse running backs. Yeah, like, you're right. Like, at some point, there's, like, timeshares, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Split carries, specialty running backs, like, Put in certain situations versus, you know, the, the like you said, the workhorse who, who stays on the, f- the field all three downs. All right. So we have done the top five and then the six through 12. So today would be do, we would be doing 13 to 24. Um, so I want to go over because it looks like the consensus ranking has shuffled a bit. Um, obviously, there was big injury news yesterday. Um, we did discuss it on yesterday's podcast. Um, I haven't updated my rankings, which I'll probably do over the weekend, but Cam Akers is, is out for the season, and we all hope that he can come back from this injury. Um, an Achilles injury is rough um, on careers. Um, we don't wish that on anybody. Um, so we hope to see him in 2022. Um, but remove him from your own ranks. So I'm going to run through the top 12 real fast, um, and then we'll start discussing from there. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, so Christian McCaffrey, one. Dalvin Cook, two. Derrick Henry, three. Alvin Kamara, four. Saquon Barkley, five. Ezekiel Elliott, six. Jonathan Taylor, seven. Nick Chubb, eight. Aaron Jones, nine. Austin Eckler, ten. Antonio Gibson, 11, and Joe Mixon, 12. Um, so that is the consensus. I'm going to give you mine. Uh, I haven't updated my rankings, but I'm going to be in agreement here that it is Christian McCaffrey, 1, Dalvin Cook, 2. Earlier in the offseason, I had McCaffrey at 2. Um, just based on, you know, he's coming off an injury and we didn't know where he was progressing. Um, it looks like he will start the season on time, so just slot McCaffrey in at 1. So Christian McCaffrey, one, Dalvin Cook, two. I have Alvin Kamari at three, Derrick Henry at four, Nick Chubb at five, Taylor at six, Barkley at seven, Aaron Jones at eight, Izuka Elliott at nine, Antonio Gibson at 10. I have Najee Harris at 11 and Joe Mixon at 12. So Uh um, a little bit of changes. Some of those names we're going to discuss today. Um in the 13 through 24. Um, some we have discussed if you go back for the top five or the top um, six through 12, you'll hear more about those. So if you haven't listened, hit pause, go back and listen or listen when you're done here and you'll hear us discuss some of the names that were already discussed, you know, that, that were already just listed. Yep. So you okay. want to start it off at 13 at 13 expert consensus ranking has Najee Harris. Yes. Um, We talked about him a little bit. Um, He's drafted in the first round and lands in a pretty good spot um, in Pittsburgh, a team that likes to just have a workhorse running back. So um, he's going to be used that way for sure. 
Um, that's what I would expect. The only the concern here that most people have is the offensive line. Yeah. Um, he's at my 11, so I'm a little higher than where the expert consensus is. And I just feel like there is a lot to like in dump off passes. Um, now the Steelers love to throw the ball. I don't know if they're trying to get back to like a more balanced offense in picking Harris up, but obviously he's talented. So, um, like, how do you see them using him in, in this offense? So we talked a little bit when we talked about some players we liked, some players we didn't like. When uh, um, We talked about Roethlisberger, and we talked about depth of target. And the reality is, is Roethlisberger is not really pushing the ball down the field much anymore. And I don't think they've really had a receiving back since Bell left. Mm-hmm. And I just see... Even if the volume of rushes, like even if the the volume of called passing plays stays the same, which is, I mean, they've led the league in passing attempts. So even if they continue to be in that top three, I still think that Harris is going to get a lot of catches. I don't think, I just don't think that Benny Snell is going to keep Najee Harris off the field, even on passing downs. And if he was that good of a receiver or that good of a pass blocker you're talking about, um, the last three years, you've seen 71 targets to the running back and 57 and 43. I think that they want to get back to that 71-plus range mm-hmm. for running back targets. Yeah. Like, I guess my only concern is, like, they got three decent wide receivers. So the it's going to be hard to, like, get every guy involved every week and uh, it may be based off like matchups I would think well I think the but week to week I think that's more for the receiver than the running back so remember like Chase Claypool was not really a huge target monster last season he was just hyper efficient mm-hmm. um, I don't know what to make a ju- to, of of Juju at this point um, of his career. Like we've had a flash of very good. And then we've had a couple of disappointing seasons in terms of fantasy. Um, And then Deontay Johnson was a bit of a target monster, but I look at that average of about 6.1 yards at depth of target. And that screams to me running back, you know, like that's just, Uh, that's just what it screams to me. Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to get into 95 or 102 targets that Le'Veon Bell got at kind of his height. But Well, yeah. I, may, like, yeah. I, probably not this year, but, you know, like... Maybe next If you're season. in a dynasty league, this guy has to be, like, in, in the top five picks, I would think. You would think. My, the only concern... I would have in terms of dynasty in that regard is um, more or less how long it takes to actually get the offensive line on track and what they're Mm going to do with the quarterback position going forward. Because I mean, let's, I don't, this isn't breaking news to anybody, but Ben Roethlisberger's towards the end of his career. He is. I mean, we got some coach hype coming in that, He's coming in like in great shape, and um, so we'll see how that goes. I guess. Yep. Yep. We'll see. Um, at fourteen, we got Clyde Edwards, um, who was a first-round pick last year, and disappointed in in uh, if you got him in the first round. So. Clyde Edwards lands at um, 14 for me as well. And yes, you were disappointed. Um, but he's a player I really like this year for where he's going. Yeah, um, you can get him basically, let's see, uh, 26 overall. Um, so, what, middle of the second? Towards the end of the second? 
26 is really third. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's a, that's an average, right? Like, so right. some, some drafts, he's going to go middle of the second, some drafts, he might go middle of the third. Um, so uh, last year he was more or less drafted because of the team he ended up on. Right. Well, and they spent a first round. Yeah. The best offensive football. And they spent a first round pick on him. Right. Right. And, um, their other back opted out of the season. So it looked like it was his backfield and his backfield alone. Then they bring in bell, which wasn't really a great experiment. No. Um, the the concerns that people have with Elair, I believe it's pronounced Elair, um, was that his workload shrank, not grew, as the season went on. But I think that like Kansas City's offensive line wasn't great. Um, they've they've made some moves to make it better, and mm-hmm. then at the, at the same time, a rookie. Uh, he actually started off the season pretty hot. Um, sometimes rookies hit walls. And again, I, I can't say this enough, and I, and I feel like I'm saying it too much, but like last season in terms of rookies and in terms of film sessions, in terms of workouts, in terms of preseason, it just was different. It just was a different year. Yeah. And, you know, we know that, you know, it's not an excuse. It's a reason because we know that Justin Jefferson had a just fine season with all of those things um, going on. But, 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 but a lot of rookie running backs where it's a position that you can usually transition in league easy didn't have, they, they had lulls. You know, Jonathan Taylor had lulls in his season. He had points of the season where he didn't seem to be running, reading block schemes correctly. Um, obviously that changed as the season went on, but it's a reality. So I think that maybe we're reacting a little bit too much to the running back 22 finish because he was drafted in the middle of the first round. Yeah, I, absolutely. So if he finishes that again and you're picking him in the third round, that that's a pretty good pick. Right. It's not bad. I mean, you're getting him at at his spot, right? At like his, you're drafting his value, right? Yeah, you're you're paying the actual like market value. But again, Kansas City has improved their offensive line. It's the best offense in football. He's now a year in with a real camp, with a real you know a better situation. I think that his targets are going to increase. I really do. His passing targets. Correct. Okay. Um, which he had, let's see, how many targets? So he had 36 receptions last year. Um, not sure how much he was targeted. Um, I don't have that in front of me. But um, what do you see that number being, that reception number? So... Um... Clyde's last year in college, he caught 55 passes. Um, mm-hmm. I, we'd have to look back, right? Cause, cause obviously Watkins for his draft cost uh, coming out has been a disappointment, but he's gone and he was a decent volume receiver in Kansas city. And he's now in um, Baltimore. Uh, mm-hmm. So that vacates some targets and McCall Hardman has not really shown uh, to be worthy of a ton. So um, let me just pull up the passing statistics for um, Kansas city, but look, he's not Alvin Kamara, but if, if he no, can get, no, no. It, what do you have? 36 catches last year is what you said. Yeah. Yep. I think 50, 55. What he has to improve is his touchdowns, um, which he only had five last year. Um, Kansas City just has a lot of options down near that goal line. So 
I'm not so sure that that touchdown number is. It's got to get better. I don't see it. Yeah, it's got to. It's got to. It can't. The the inefficiency that happened last season. There's just no way. It was like historically bad. Mm -hmm. And while they have a lot of options. And we talked about Mahomes possibly running in or those shovel passes to Kelsey. The reality is, is Clyde Edwards was given opportunities to run it in. Yeah, and he just couldn't. He couldn't. Yeah, you're right. He was just not efficient. Well, the offensive line wasn't. Nobody could run it in. Because if someone was better, they would have had more goal line rushing touchdowns. And they had to be creative. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like, even against Houston, who had a terrible rushing offense, they couldn't or rushing defense, they couldn't open up a hole at the goal line against the Texans. You know, like they their offensive line in terms of run blocking was not good last season. And like you said, they they've they've improved there. So um, maybe he can go from five to eight, five to ten. So if he doubles it, you're doing pretty good where you pick him. Yeah, I just think that you want players on the best offense in football. And yeah, you were disappointed in Clyde last season. You got to let last season go. It's a season like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, next up at 15, we got Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins on Baltimore. Who we know Baltimore loves to run the ball. Yeah, but they spread it. They do spread it. Um, he had a uh, decent season for a rookie last year, so he plays in 15 games. You're right about the spread because he has only 134 attempts, 805 yards, which he had six yards uh, a carry, basically, which is great. He only has 18 receptions. Uh, he finishes the, the season with nine touchdowns and finishes 21 overall. Um, Yeah. I don't see him as a workhorse and we all know uh, Lamar Jackson likes to run the ball. So, so I believe, um, so let me, let me just look at what I did. In terms of rushing yards, the Ravens have ranked 1, 1, 2, and 11 going back to 2016. And despite that, have only produced one top 10 fantasy performance. And that was Ingram in 2019, which also saw Ingram score 15 touchdowns, which was the most of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't, so like the thing is, is like, yes, Ingram is better than Alex Collins and Gus Edwards. But sometimes there's a trend here, and the trend is 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 they're not going to put the ball like they're not going to put the ball um, in a running back's hands like one single running back's hands probably 240 times, right? In that top eight performance, Ingram only carried the ball 200 times, which was 20th place that season. They get a lot of rushing yards, but they spread it they spread it around, so. There are more, like what I had said about Dobbins, is there are more safe backs than Dobbins in this area. Um, this is an upside selection. You know, like, um, uh, Dobbins certainly has a high ceiling, but there's a very real floor. Um, if he had, um, which may be what, doing exactly what he did last season, which was running back 21. They just, they re signed Gus Edwards to a two year deal. So that keeps the backfield clogged. It does, and what caps him is targets and receptions. Um, that that's not going to increase. Like he, I think, only had twenty four targets last year. Well, let me double check this. Yeah, so he he has eighteen receptions and twenty four targets. Um. That is really going to cap him because he's not Derrick Henry going to get 300 carries. Well, not only is he not going to get 300 carries. We know that, right? But not only that, the reality is, is 
he's not as good of a runner as Henry or Chubb. Those guys are the best right. pure runners in the league, and, and this is not a knock against J.K. Dobbins. They're just in a different level than he is. He's a very nice back um, on a run-heavy team, but that team just does not give only one back the football, no matter how much better that back is than everybody else. And their best runner is Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's not going to change for this year. So, you would need Edwards to get hurt. You know, like that's really what you would need. Yeah, and I think Dobbins is appropriately ranked, right? Yeah, I just don't think the upside is there. Like when you take a J.K. Dobbins, just he's appropriately ranked. I, I agree with you. I wouldn't take him any earlier. Just know what you're selecting. Um, he's going to get carries. He's not going to get 250. He's going to get carries. He may score that 15 touchdowns that Ingram got. You know, that's very well in the realm of possibilities. But as we've said many, many times, don't bet on <laughs> on touchdowns. They come touchdowns they are go. hard to predict. Yeah. Yep. Hard to predict. Uh, next up, we got DeAndre Swift. Local kid, right? Uh, he is a local kid. Swift, I've actually bounced down to my 20. Um, so they have him at, I said, what, 16? 16, yep. Why did you bounce him down? So I'm probably going to end up bouncing him back up um, at some point, especially now that there's a little bit of a gap from what happened with Akers. Um, and then, uh, so actually Swift would be like my 19 if we just take acres out. Um, mm-hmm. so they were tied to bringing in, um, Todd Gurley, uh, Detroit was, they were tied to bringing in, um, bringing Adrian Peterson back. Uh, they brought in J- Jamal Williams. Got the name. Yes. Yep. Uh, they brought yep. in Jamal Williams, um, I think that Swift is a very good back. I thought he looked dynamic last season. But, 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 but. <laughs> um, it doesn't sound good when teams want to bring in a whole bunch of running backs. Yeah, this, it's, it's going to be timeshare, basically. Yeah, and Jamal Williams is not a bad back. He was over- no, he's not. It was overshadowed by um, uh, Aaron Jones, but he's not a bad back. So you're you're taking Swift, hoping that he ends up with the the receiving work, which is very possible. He's a very good receiver, and that he gets a lion's share of the carries. And I'm just, it's tough for me to say. Tough for me. Yeah, to say. I mean he. He finishes the the season with ten touchdowns. That that's a lot, and like we just got done saying, that's hard to predict. If if his work stays relatively the same, touchdowns come down, he's going to finish around where he did last year, which was at eighteen. And this on paper does not look like a good offense. No, it does not. Right. They switch quarterbacks with the Rams. They get golf. Galladay's out of town. Uh, yeah. Marvin Jones is out of town. Um, there's just a, a new coaching staff. There's a lot to be concerned about. So that's why yeah, I bounced and, him down. Right. And we'll put it into a little bit of perspective. Just like I've been doing some – well, I'm sure you have to. We've all been doing mock drafts. Um, every time I do mock drafts, like it comes up where I could either have like Swift or Michael Thomas. Like, all right, who who would you rather have? Like, like who has more of a history, a track record, the team they're on, all that stuff. So also, you have to like. Yeah. Where he's got when you're making that decision, so when you're talking about early third, that means you had an early first, which means that you've gotten one of those high end running backs already. So you don't necessarily need a high upside back with your third pick. So you're going to take a, 
Uh, Michael Thomas is perfect. He's a he's a super low f- or super high floor guy. Yeah, you know he's going to get a ton of targets. Another team that lets a receiver go and doesn't really replace him. You know, like there's um, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are going to see a lot of targets next season. So your point being? My point being, yes. Like what you just said, he's going in the, like if you have the top three picks, that means you have uh, CMC or a Kamara or a Cook on your team. I don't know if I want to pair Swift with with that. I, I think I'd rather go with somebody that has the history and the upside rather than, than Swift there. Yep. So, and I think that reflects in my ranks. Mm-hmm. It um, does. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that brings us to number up, yeah, 17, which we have Chris Carson at. Which he's at my 20, it would be 20. So I have to make sure I, I sub- subtract off. Chris Carson is at my 20. Swift would be at my 19. Um, but go on. Um, I like Carson. I like the team he's on. Um, the offensive line isn't that great. Um, he had some injuries last year. So I'll, I'll review the um, his stats from last year. So he only plays in 12 games, 141 attempts, 681 yards, 37 receptions, and he has nine touchdowns. Um, so efficient with running the ball as far as – and receiving as far as touchdowns goes. Um, prior years, he's – the prior two years, he's over a thousand yards. Um, he's not really a receiving back, um, and he hovers around the the nine touchdown mark every year. Yeah. Um, so what I had put is the concern with Carson almost always centers around missed time due to injury, right? He has mm-hmm. that tag of injury prone. He missed four games last season as well as had another four games under ten carries. Five games under 10 points, so that's nine games where Carson was either a disappointment or not playing. Um, even with all those points that I just mentioned, he still finished as running back 16. He's finishing as a flex option top 36, 92% of the times that he plays. It's a real true mixed bag of information here. Um, Carson falls at 21 in my rankings because he rep- – or well, 21, but really it's 20 – um, because he represents the hardest of tea leaves to read. This is Carson's fifth year in the league, but he missed a ton of time early on and has played more over the last two years. Um, I think this is a good place to take Carson, but if he comes more expensive, I'm not sure I would justify it. So the rumors right now out of Seattle are that they are going to actually pass more, that they're going to let Russell Wilson throw the ball more. Um. We'll see if that actually happens, but that's the rumors right now. Yeah, and meaning, like, do you think his um, carries are going to go down or his receptions are going No, I would would imagine carries down, receptions up. Okay. Um, But they have two of the best receivers in the game, like a very good receiving tandem. They do, Um, yep. but I also don't think that there's much behind Carson. So either they're going to have to bring somebody in or figure something out. Um, and I, that doesn't mean I think that thing, something is going to be taken away from Carson, like that he's going to get spelled more or whatever. It's just if I were Seattle, uh, a fifth-year pro who has had a hit injury history, a lengthy injury history, I'm not sure that I'd want to bank on that player if I'm a true contender. You know, so... Um, I think that this is a fine player to take here because he might win you some weeks, you know, because when he plays, he's very good. I just read it. He, he's a very good player. Um, but if this is, don't, don't go like with some type of modified zero running backs situation and think that Carson's going to be your RB one. He just, like I said, he missed four games and then had five games under 10 points. 
nine games where he's not really giving you much, that's not a good formula for winning. But if he's your third no, back, yeah. if he's right. your third back, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, and that's more or less what that ranking reflects. I mean, if he's your third back, that probably means you took three straight running backs. Or. Right. I mean. Maybe. You just don't know how it's going to fall. What's his average draft position? 35. So he would be your third. You might have gone three straight. If he's your second, but you get a good, like, passing specialist later on that you could flex. Um, mm-hmm. or put in your RB2 spot if you're going to flex a receiver. Again, I just I would have concerns about him being your first back. If you went wide receiver or wide receiver, I might want to take a more upside guy. Yeah, for sure. Either a more upside guy or a guy like Hunt, where like you, it's a more predictable player. Mm-hmm. With that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Um, next up, we have at 18, uh, David Montgomery. So Montgomery, again, so um, I have at what would be 16. So he finishes the running back four last year. Why is he so low in these in these rankings? So I think some of it has to do with um, perfect storm where Cohen pretty much misses most of the season. Um, so he mm-hmm. had much more opportunity. Um, and I think that's really, and then you also are looking at, um, what it is. So I wonder if some rankings have to catch up with if they're going to start the rookie earlier in the year. Um, I just don't – so here's the thing. is I don't think people think Montgomery is that good, and I think they might be wrong about it, but he doesn't have a super high ceiling either. Um, however, he should be better than where he's being ranked right now, which is why he's at my 16. It's a lot of hedging yeah, so I just did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Cohen coming back, what was his injury? Was it – I forget – Knee injury, Achilles. Uh, I don't think it was an Achilles. If it was Achilles, I don't think. Yeah. Um. ACL. Yeah. So. Obviously, technology has helped guys come back from that type of an of an injury. Um, so the, the thinking is like, he's going to take some receptions away from Montgomery. Yeah. But here's the thing is like ACL aside, don't we kind of know what Tariq Cohen is by now? Yeah. He's Darren Sproles. Right. Um, I mean, his best season was 2019. He had 79 catches. Um, 71 in 2018, his rookie year at 53. That's a fair amount of catches. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. We may have seen the ceiling of that. Like, I don't know that coming off an ACL in your fifth year, that necessarily that's gonna it's going to go right back to that. And I would imagine that Montgomery's a better pass blocker. So he's probably not going to come off the field as much with a rookie quarterback. My own feeling. We'll see if I'm correct. Yeah. I, I like Montgomery as, as my second running back, you know, um, his ADP is 36. So what's that? Like third, basically and, and the third middle. Of, yeah. Um, so if you go running back, wide receiver, and then he comes back to you, like, I think that's pretty good to to have him as your second RB. Yeah. So um, I I agree. So I have um, this ranking feels disrespectful following his twenty twenty season. 
Montgomery had five games of single-digit performances. All that all those came from week nine and before. So if you had Montgomery and made the playoffs, you'd be really happy. Nineteen or more points from week twelve on. Um, seven of his eight rushing touchdowns came weeks thirteen to seventeen. Um, so how much was Cohen being out, and how much is trusting a second-year player? We I think we forget how young David Montgomery is. Yeah, he's entering his third season. He's entering his third season now. Montgomery at a seven percent bust rate was as was as predictable and as much of a plug and play running back as you can get minus Cook and Aaron Jones. Um, This is a vast departure from his thirty one percent bust rate in twenty nineteen. So, what do we think of Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and or Justin Field compared to Mitch Trubisky? Um, And what do we think of Tariq Cohen coming back? You have to be concerned about 1.9 yards before contact on average. He is on par with other backs that outperformed what is usually difficult to outperform. But I'm just unsure that enough in Chicago has moved in a positive direction to warrant expecting the same. If you think 2020 is more true to who Montgomery is, then this is a huge value pick as Montgomery is currently being drafted in the third round. So I'm sure this is coach speak, but they, they're saying they want to get him 20 carries a game. That's like 300-plus carries for a season, right? Like, um, So if it comes close to that and he's, he's at his uh, yards per carry from last season, um, he's definitely going to be over 1,000 yards. Well, especially with that extra game. Um, yeah. So, so this could be a good value pick in that late third, very early get, fourth. Yeah, when you get into the late third, the rate at which you hit on running backs is low. And um, at least this is a player who's done it um, with an offense that should be trending in the right direction, not the wrong direction. You know, moving on from Trubisky is good for the rest of the Chicago Bears players. Um, yeah, he had a hell of a, like, after week 12. Um, yeah, everything was great. Everything yeah. was great, yeah. Um, so, let me caveat, let me hedge. Do not reach for him. Don't yeah, reach. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um I would be really, really happy <laughs> if you were an end of set, end of first round pick. Yes, and then you you know you go say you split your picks, or you went two receivers. Like this is a player where if you went two receivers again, at least the range of outcomes. Like this is a lead back, um, with an offense that should be better, not worse than it was before, um. I'd be fine with Mont- if if you went receiver receiver in the third round, turn around and took a Montgomery. At least he is going to get a volume. There's a guaranteed volume where some of these guys in this range there 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 isn't. There just isn't. Yeah. Um. Next up uh, at 19, which in our league it will not happen. <laughs> Um, Miles Sanders. Um, currently, he's going to be 17. a hometown pick. Yeah. yeah, currently my seventeen. So not too far off. Um, Penn State guy. Uh, I watched him in college. Just saw a lot of his games. Really great talent. Um, his twenty twenty season. Uh, bit of a disappointment from where he was going. I believe last second year, round. He, second round, um, he placed 12 games, 164 attempts, 867 yards, uh, only 28 receptions for 200 yards, six touchdowns. Finishes uh, running back 23. Um I don't know if he was properly ranked based off the coaching staff from last year, who obviously 
if you watch Doug Peterson, they didn't have the, this bell cow running back that they, they had three running backs that they were constantly in and out. So I, I the Eagles offense was just bad too. And you they know, were bad. Like, Correct. They were bad. I think that the the chances for him to finish closer to drafting stock were more possible if the offense was better. The offense was just bad. That being said, Sanders should be, on paper, able to keep those other lesser talents off the field, and he hasn't been able to. That should be concerning. That should be concerning for anybody. Um, yeah, like, he, in his so he's entering his third year, um, He's only totaled more than 15 touches, touches 11 times over over the two years. That's not a, a lot of work for... It's not enough. It's not. No. Um, the Eagles bring in on Johnson, and they draft a running back. So, I don't know Sirianni all that well, but... Does he use Sanders similar to the way Peterson used him, bringing in these other two running backs? So, um, Sirianni comes from Indianapolis, who seemed to want to use Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack, and and another back. You know, like, so let's start there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, probably a committee – um, and a committee approach. Um, by yards, Sirianni's um, Indianapolis rushing offense was ra- ranked 21-7-11. So, you know, one bad year a go- and two decent, like serviceable years. And that's with Marlon Mack being the primary runner for two out of those three years, which he finished at 24-20. and 20. Um, Last year, Taylor finishes six, but you had... Marlon Mack get hurt and Naeem Hines missed time. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Carryon Johnson. I don't know that he's proved that he's been that great, you know, um, of a runner. But they draft. No, Ken- he hasn't. They draft Kenneth Gainwell, which might be the, potentially the best name for his position in the history of names and running backs. <laughs> um, it would be like. It would be like a receiver being named Billiam catches everything the third. Um, <laughs> but the concerns with Sanders, it's I don't even my concerns aren't the committee. It's the quarterback and offensive line play. Um, Hertz enters a sec. We talked about him a bit with the quarterback episode, and we talked about him a little bit with Dallas Goddard. Hertz enters his second season, and he's still like everything you saw last year. He looked like a project. Um, he did run the ball, and contrary to, to all my love of running back targets through most of these rankings, the one caveat is that receiving backs and running quarterbacks is usually a bad mix. Yeah. Players in this range usually represent high risk, high reward. I still feel as though Sanders is the better receiver in this range. So it comes that how do you feel about the other the other players with similar or bigger questions in this range? This is a long way of me saying I'm just not a big fan of drafting Sanders this year. I'm not either. I, I, I personally um I won't own him. <laughs> it's unlikely it would have to be something where he falls and I feel like as a running my fourth running back, the risk it just isn't the same, you know. Yeah, um, that's the long and short of my and that Sanders. and like we we say this every podcast. I feel like when it comes to Eagles players, this guy will be overdrafted uh, in uh, in home leagues that r- reside in Philadelphia. Oh, almost and, certainly. Yeah, and I, honestly, I'm fine with that. Pick them. Let you know? someone else reach for him. The ce- yeah. I don't think the ceiling is that high. Um, so let someone else reach for him. If you're telling me like fourth round, that's where I'd be most comfortable taking him. We have to put these players in a certain ranking order. Um, 
too rich for my blood in, in most cases. He probably will finish the year okay, but he's probably not going to be that serviceable for your fantasy team. Yes. Uh, next up, we got Josh Jacobs. Similar to, like, I want to say Sanders, where he was being drafted last season. Uh, end of the first, early second. Um, he disappointed you if, if you. If you picked, well, no, actually, he, he actually didn't have. Yeah, he didn't have a bad season. Yeah, he he finishes at the um, running back eight. So little. His stats for 2020: 15 games, 273 attempts, which is really good. Thousand yards, um, 33 receptions. Uh, he has 12 touchdowns. Um, that's a pretty decent season. So why has he dropped all the way down to 20? So um, there's a couple reasons. So one is, if you look at his games, he does give you a bit of Jekyll and Hyde, right? Six games of under 10 points, four games of over 20 points. Um, 13% bust um, to 20% boom. Uh and they bring in Kenyon Drake and they paid Kenyon Drake fairly well. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kenyon Drake is that, that great of a player at this point in his career. I think that he's coming off his own disappointing season, but he's better than Jalen Richard, who was, who was spelling Jacobs at one point. The reality is, is that Jacobs if you break it down is very game flow dependent in games that the Raiders win. He's great in games that the Raiders lose. He kills you. Um, so you like, he's a matchup guy, I guess. Like, right. But at 18, are you going to be able to do that? He's at my 18 yeah. consensus 19. Are you going to be able to play a matchup game? He's probably your running back too. Yeah. Um I I think that he, you know, he probably will still finish. Um he he should be a, he should be able to finish in the top 24 without an issue. But um this ranking should scare you off again from looking at that top 8 finish and taking him inside the top, you know, the top 8 running backs next season. I, I, they paid Kenyon Drake a good amount of money. They did. You're right. So next up on the list is at 21. Um, I think he probably wasn't even in in the top 30-something running backs as of last week, but we got uh, Daryl Henderson um, at I 21. I haven't slotted him in. I think I'm going to put him around 24. Um, but go on. Yeah, obviously he's, he's here because Cam Akers goes down for the year. Um, yeah. And all of the things that I was critical of Cam Akers about as far as like points per game and inefficiency, um, you could say about Henderson as well. When given the opportunity, um, didn't necessarily do that much with it. Um, and I think that Akers was a better player. Um, I think that the Rams, this ranking is as it is right now. So we don't know if the Rams are going to bring in somebody um, or if they're going to go with one of their younger players um, to be part. I think this is another committee situation. Um, so you might just be drafting the offense a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, if we look at Henderson's game log, there's not really much to be in love with. No, there's there's not. No. You know, like even when given opportunity, I think he's got one game he eclipses a hundred yards. Um but again, if if they don't bring in somebody, he is going to be the lead back on what should be a decent offense. That can be valuable. So you can only slot him so low. Um, but, next up, yeah, sorry. Go no, ahead. but there's 
If you're looking for me to talk about how great Daryl Henderson is, you're just not going to get it. No, and I, I agree with you there. Um, next up, we got Miles Sanders. Uh, no, no, Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. Sorry, at 22. Um, it's the same exact spot I've got him. Um, what do you like? What don't you like? So um, the Dolphins were 16th or exactly in the middle of rushing attempts. Um, he only played in 10 games last season, but was able to get a do- double-digit performance in every game he played after week five. Um, if you were to prorate his targets for an entire season, he would have finished with 75, which would be good enough for fourth among running backs. All this is good, so why wouldn't we put Gaskin higher? Um, Gaskin will have to have an entire season of production, which right now is not exactly easy to project. Miami brought in Will Fuller and spent a first-round pick on another receiver. Offense improving can benefit everyone, but it may drain some targets away from Gaskin. There's a lot to like on the stat sheets and a good narrative to get excited about, um, but the concerns with him are durability and offense and not projected workload and skill. He's in a precarious spot with the chance to rise. With Miami bringing in Malcolm Brown and drafting uh, Jared, I call him Jared Sergeant Dokes if you're at that uh, Dexter fan. Um, Surprise, motherfucker. He should continue to be the lead back. Uh, um, Be aware of these things, but there's a good chance Gaskin could outperform his current ranking and his current ADP of fifth to sixth round. Um, And I think that a fifth to sixth round pick is really a no-brainer for somebody who can end up being a, you know, three-down back. Yeah. Um, I like him where he's going. um, And... My mock drafts, like, I have, I'm picking him a lot around that particular area based off how I'm constructing my team. Um, um, like you just said, I, I think that the chances for him to be three down back are, are there. Uh, concerns would be... Um, is the team married to him, right? Like, right. Uh, it's not like he started last season as the starting back. He kind of won that job, and you never know how married to a player a team is if he underperforms. Yeah, right. It's a lot different when a team ex- spends a good draft pick. They're going to give you every opportunity to lose the job. When you've won the job and they never really projected that, um, I don't know how married they are. Right, like that's why. Um, James Robinson isn't ranked high, higher. Same idea. Yes, correct. Exactly. So next up, we got Mike Davis um, on Atlanta. So he's really the only back in town for them. For now. Um, for now, right. Um. Over the so he he's been in the league a while here. He's going into his believe looks like his seventh season. And last year he has a good year. He finishes he surprises. He finishes at the running back fifteen. I'm guessing you probably got him for free last year. <laughs> um. So you. He, Return on value was good on him. But over the course of his um, career, he hasn't even come close to finishing at running back 15. But again, as of right now, he's the only name in Atlanta. So, yes, um, but Atlanta's offense has not had a running back finish inside the top 12 since 2016. The running back finishes for Atlanta have been 25, 21, 19, and 13. Um, Davis has only eclipsed 100 rushing attempts in a season twice. Gurley had 195 in Atlanta last season. So the million-dollar question is, is there a path for Mike Davis to get over 200 carries? I think there is. Um, I don't see a problem with him getting... 15 15 carries a game. That's not a lot, right? 
15 no, carries but... a game gets you over 200 carries. Um... Let me, uh, I don't want to leave dead air for a while. I just want to, um, I want to look at how much Atlanta has actually run the ball, like in a season. I'm I'm guessing since Gurley left, they probably haven't. Well, Gurley just left. So it's 409 attempts um, last year. Um, that's about middle of the road, it looks like. Yeah, about middle of the road. It's, um, like, uh, 19th. Um, and then 2019, we'll just look at the last two years. They were towards the bottom. They were in the bottom five in 2019. Um, 362 attempts. So... Um, we have never really seen him get that volume of carries. So no, like, never. <laughs> is there a chance through a dearth of other players in Atlanta that he could just by default? We also don't know if he's going to hold up. He's been around the league a while, um, and has never gotten that that level of workload. So to get that at at your this age now, um, we just don't know. It's not me saying he can't. Um, we just don't know. And you have to ask yourself philosophically, is it worth it to have the lead back on an inefficient running game or a specialist or part of a committee on a more efficient running game? That's something you have to ask yourself. I can't tell you what your preference is. Um, But, you know, his most attempts ever was last season at 165. So um, because he fills in for McCaffrey, right? This is now yeah. his sixth year in the league. So San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina, they've all said that he shouldn't get that volume of, of carries. Um, we'll see. We'll see because it's not like the depth chart in Atlanta is filled with anybody to, to force him off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just at 28, it would be a weird trend. You know, like it's just something you don't usually see for someone at 28 to get a huge increase in workload, but Mm -hmm. sometimes where you end up does dictate that. Yeah. Um, next up we got Kareem hunt who obviously is in a bit of a, I guess, timeshare with, um, Nick Chubb. So why is he at 24? If that's the case, well, this, this is what you have to ask, right? So you have a high-volume va- rushing offense, and he's the receiving back um, out of the two. Um, Kareem Hunt ends last season. Um, obviously, he benefited from Chubb missing some games. Um, but he ends last season with um, 38 catches and 304 yards. Not exactly world-beating. But he finishes with, what, 11 touchdowns? Um, Yeah. So uh, there is a predictability, and we do know that he is going to get some opportunities on passing downs. He's obviously not as good a runner as Nick Chubb is. Um, That is, uh, anybody who tells you different is, I don't know what games they're watching. But he's also obviously a better receiver. So um, Nick Chubb is towards my top five. That's what I think, but... Hunt is still in my top 24. So um, I just think there's so much opportunity in Cleveland that both backs can be productive. Now, I'm guessing his performance is going to be based around the game script. More often than not. Like, it's not like he's going to eclipse a ton of carries in a single game. Yeah, but I guess if, my my thinking is is like if Cleveland's down in the game by a two touchdowns, they're gonna need to pass the ball, which puts yeah. him on the field a little bit yeah. more than than Chubb. Theoretically, it should. Yeah. Um. 
So I just think there is a, um, there is just the offensive line is so good in Cleveland and there's only, but, um, so many, like a reception is worth more than a rushing attempt. And there's only so many offenses where someone would have that same level of opportunity as the second back um, on a team. Yeah, I think he's more of a um, more of a flex option for me. Which at twenty four, yeah, um, he may not be in your flex spot. But again, if you've you've invested in a tight end early, if you've invested in two wide receivers early, well, you could do worse. So his current uh, ADP is 49. Fifth rounder. Yep. So, so possibly, you know, if you went two running backs, two wide receivers, yeah, you're holding or, off on quarterback and tight end, drafting him for some sort of depth or as a flex option. Yep. Yeah. Um, and again, when so have you? Are you looking at average draft position now? Yeah. Like, what? Who are the players going around him? So going around him is just go like three before and three after. So Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Lamar Jackson, okay, Mark Andrews, Dak Prescott, Cooper Cup. There you go. Right. So he's the only back going. In that range, yeah. Um, so it would it will depend how you've drafted and what you want there, right? You see a couple of the, the high end quarterbacks going in that range. You see a couple of the of tight ends that are um, past the top three going in that range, and you have to look at if you've already taken a tight end. Obviously, you're not going to take a second one. So. Who's the so next who you, back after going after Hunt? After him, I mean, you have to go way down uh-huh. uh, to Chase Edmonds in Arizona. Similar situation. Who's who's going fifty nine? Okay, similar situation. Um, Hunt's probably a safer pick, but a similar situation. Would you rather have? Miles Gaskin or James Robertson over Kareem Hunt. So Gaskin, well, Gaskin and Robinson I'd rather have Gaskin. Okay. I'd rather have Gaskin. Robinson, probably not. I wouldn't be surprised if Robinson gets traded. To the Rams, maybe. To the Rams, <laughs> maybe. To, you know, there are other teams that probably need some depth as well. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded. They spent up to get Travis Etienne. Yes, they're talking about him being the receiving option. But again, new coaching staff. This was an undrafted free agent. Yes, he overperformed last season, but the offense is going to be very different. Um, that's an that's a name that I would think of when teams might be looking for running back that they'd go look at. So that is... Uh... The top 24. The top 24. Now, just as honorable mentions, guys that I'm looking at that I like are going outside the top 24. Uh, Travis Etienne and uh, Javante Williams in Denver. He's getting a lot of hype there. Um, he could wind up. That's another. Melvin Gordon back. might get traded, too. Like That's yeah. another name that, that might be on the move. Um, so obviously we talked about in the three players we liked, um, ETN was a name that, that I had uh, talked about for a while. Um, other than ETN, like, I guess I would take a shot at Edmonds or Connor. Um, I would also like a Trey Sermon or Michael Carter 
They're a little later of guys, but they're guys who end up being like Kareem Hunt, unless there's an injury to Chubb, is not like his ceiling as the roster is constructed. He's not a guy that's going to take over the starting job halfway through the season. And when you're back here in this back end, that's normally what I'm looking at. So Michael Carter, Trey Sermon, um, Travis Etienne, those guys could have a trajectory where they take over a job and end up winning you some weeks at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And normally when I'm like with these later backs, I want to swing for the fences. I don't want a JD McKissick or, or um, like a quote unquote safer player. Like we know their role because yeah, this, we know their role, but it's not that good. No, that's <laughs> Yeah, you have to swing for the fences, at, like you just said, at the at when you're drafting a running back this late. Well, we talked a little bit last week, and I think that we might have to, like, I'm going to do some more research, but we might have to open that up for a, a subject. But the reality is, is when you start to be taking, like, running backs and receivers into the sixth and seventh round, the hit rate isn't fantastic. So you might as well take guys who have super high ceilings. Um, for the chance, uh, because you're more likely to whiff on even a player that you think is safe um, than you are to be right. Mm-hmm. So, all that being said, that's the top four, 24 running backs. What have we got up next, next week? It would be rounding out the top 24 receivers. And then we're going to talk tight ends again? No. Um, so, yeah, it would be rounding out the top 24 receivers. And then we're probably going to have to t- discuss a little bit of, because we've been talking about it, a little bit of draft strategy. And the way you approach a draft, the way I approach a draft. We've talked, we've hinted around it. I think it's a good topic to open up a little bit. We'll get we'll get a mock draft in there. Yeah, yeah, it's coming to that time where we're probably going to end up like every other week doing a mock draft episode. Um, but yeah, we'll get a mock draft in there, but we'll talk about draft strategy, building a roster, scoring and all of that good stuff in the episode after the top 24 wide receivers. All right. We'll see you next week. See you next week.